podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are, whatever you're doing. And welcome to a special edition of post-conference presser for Anfield Index and Anfield Index Pro. So I'm your normal host, ladies and gentlemen, Dave Davis, coming to you on the eve of the West Ham game, post-LASK. And before you all start, I know some people are going to be screaming, A, what press conference? B, you're a liar. C, trace descriptions. Whoever else you want to ring, etc., Put the phone down because, ladies and gents, it's an interesting one. Jurgen Klopp did almost a a one-on-one style. And I don't know if it was with LFC TV specifically, but under the contractual requirements of requiring some type of press conference before a Premier League game, he did it one-on-one with what looks like LFC TV. So naturally, a lot of people have been asking questions. But importantly, ladies and gents, we want to bring you the content. You know we do. We always love to. So... We'll talk through what Klopp answered in this kind of press conference. We'll talk through the clues from the last game the other night. We'll look at West Ham threats as normal. And we'll predict lineups, formations, score and scorer. Where actually, not going to lie, as Liverpool has started to win, so have I on the predictions, which is not too shabby. Now, it's interesting because it's so coordinated, it seemed, about a 12 minutes. So if you want to know, So on LFC TV, under a a pre-West Ham review, as LFC have called it. So one to to watch again, as we always say, for detail. No, I do not know if there's an embargo or anything because no one really seems to know why I've done this format. Well, that's a lie already. We do because of the travelling with Lask and quickly turn around. We don't want Jürgen to be too tired or grumpy and he's got things to focus on with a big game at the weekend. That's why they've done that. So let's get into it. What was talked about? So. The key ones, let's go through them. Jarrell Kwanzaa asked about him, you know, and how well he's doing. Big smile on Jürgen's face. I love this. Said it's the right moment at the right club. He's our boy. He's a fantastic boy. He's done well with the England under-20s, I think it was, and they won the competition recently. He played super pre-season with us, and he deserved to start in that last game against Wolves. Some will say that's brave. I don't feel it is from us. We had Ibu ready-ish with about two days and others with about half an hour. But because Jarrell was there, we didn't have to do that. He did really well. I liked it a lot. And it was great to see that smile from him after the game. He has three games in his belly and nine points. So that's not a bad record at all, is it? No, it is not, Jürgen. And... This kid, almost the danger I almost see with Kwanzaa is we can, we can over-hype him naturally. But 
He's played quite a few games already this season. And if you look at the Wolves game just gone, I'd argue, you know, I'd struggled to make a, an argument to the contrary that in that first half, when everyone was at sea and struggling, that boy was maybe the best performance. Calm, under pressure, some nice passes over the top, switches, all those types of things. Sometimes almost inviting the defenders onto him that way as well before he was substituted. So he can be proud of that performance. And having done media matters with James Pearce and Neil Jones, as they were really keen to point out, there's a real buzz around the club, especially at Kirby and the staff there about Jarrell. So it's early days. We don't want to put too much pressure on him. Centre-halves tend to mature, but he's done everything and more that's been asked about him. So this kid has got some talent. There's no two ways about it. Jürgen was also asked about, you know, your run with your League Cup, the Europa, so we've seen more young players. He seems to be getting a bit irritated by this, I'd say, in a way. But as he answered, at this age, it's when you're 17, 18, 19, whatever, it's not a problem. It's more about when are you ready for it. It's not to show they're nearly there, but when they're required, they're really ready to do it. It's not important when their first game actually is, but for a lot of people, it seems to make a big difference. We always want to go strong. Said this, I think it, we all see it differently. And as soon as you say kids in the lineup, people go rotational. And, and I get that. I'm not disputing that for one second, people. However, look at the way Jurgen Klopp sees this. He very much talks about some of these boys as real first team options. Look at the way he talks about Kwanzaa, Ben Doak in there as well, you know. And, and I get that. I kind of like that in a way. He's looking at them as real possible options, even when he does need to, to rotate to go strong. So Jürgen gives them the head. We've got to keep realistic, but we should do the same. Other things probably won't surprise you at all. That he was asked about fixture congestion and timing. So, you know, with this West Ham, it's two o'clock on a Sunday. He was really honest about this and maybe a bit calmer, shall we say, than he was on the last one. It's not cool. And if we if we could play it a bit better or later, it would be better. And he was referring to the 12.30 one. So 12.30, that means we have a 9 a.m. pre-match meal and they come from a different time zone and jet lag. And there we expect them to be at the peak of their performance. We can't stop getting the boys out of bed at 5 a.m. in the morning. The only thing we're asking here is the TV stations to help there. Playing at 2 p.m., is not perfect, we'd like it later, but it's actually much better. It was calm, it was concentrated, and it was a good answer from Jürgen. And people, we can debate, last week's gone, you don't look back, I get all that, but I got it, yeah, absolutely. This makes sense, you know, what are your expectations, really? We got the game won against Wolves, so that's a positive. It's true about timing, and for what anyone says about you're going to do the business, which I, you know, I understand the argument, I'm sure we've all seen that stat over the last week, 12 times against the likes of Spurs and Chelsea getting six. Like, that's not coincidence, people. And again, you know, we're picked at least another three times this season. So whether we're going to get that TV help, absolutely not for one second, would I suggest. But it is what it is type of thing. Then he was asked about Darwin Nunes, talking about how, you know, and this is before Lask as well, remember? You know, he's getting into many good chances, getting into the right positions. Jürgen, he was boisterous with this. I like this. 
He's really good. He's in a really good moment. He understands the only problem for the striker is not about scoring. It's if you don't have the opportunities. It's not too long ago he scored two of the most incredible goals I saw for a long time against Newcastle. Absolutely insane. And he had a credible game against Aston Villa before the break. During the break, we saw from Bielsa that he had a little bit of a, a muscle issue. But he said he was fine, but we did read what Bielsa said. He's had very intense travels, but he came on against Wolves and made a massive impact. And you can see he's in a good moment. You can see that in training. If he doesn't score, we say play well and keep going. Everything else will fall into place. Let's just kind of ruminate on those comments for one second. Either Jurgen Klopp starting to fall in love with Darwin Nunes, and well, he might. That obviously this is before the last game, but three goals, two assists, a goal contribution every forty-six minutes. More importantly, look at that hold-up. Look at that turn and brush off against Dawson. Look at the Villa game. Look at the pressing stats. You know the fifth best of all time. Look at what the stats are telling you. Look at what your eyes are telling you. As Neil Jones wrote, and fair credit, an exceptional journalist, he probably won't be, but it should be hard to picture a front three against West Ham without Darwin Nunes in. The boy is on fire at the moment. Captain Chaos, whatever you want to call him. Look at everything you're seeing. You've got to be excited by Darwin Nunes at the moment. Simple as that. And the final question that he was asked around the child autograph, you know, the one in the press conference, the kids with sign in the stadium. And there is a weird question to end on. It did feel a bit like you're trying to set a trap. And you could tell Jürgen's face, where's this going? He was on guard. It's all about two things. We cannot do two things. I'm, I'm the last out of the dressing room against Walls, for instance, And the only decision is, do I do some or all of them? Because I'm keeping the bus waiting. So I could do two, three, four and upset some or upset all of them. It's a tricky decision. We can't always deliver. In some moments we can, like this one, which was great. But we get judged by this when we don't. One boy wanted one autograph. The problem is the time pressure. And when we have 50 more in a row. Yeah, I, I don't really know what the the journal was trying to get by this, the interview was trying to get. It's a tough gig for players. They're never going to get it perfectly. And it's mental the way people hammer them when they are up against time pressures for not signing everything and the impact that has. I get it. Also, personal note, if you're going to take one of these begging signs into the stadium, and I'm not trying to, you know, sort of play down people in a way because I understand they're for good causes or it might be certain things. But if you're going to take these begging letters or, you know, signs, placards, whatever you want to call them, into a stadium, you do so at your own risk. And don't moan if the players can't fulfil that request or they just don't even acknowledge it. Like say, he's got one shirt, two boots, as Jürgen says. It is what it is. Like, I don't know why people for any club, any club get on the back of players is absolutely ridiculous. So, ladies and gents, let's move on to last Thursday night. Linz, Austria, the Europa travel started, didn't they? And they started with a, a mixed performance, which seems to be a typical Liverpool performance, doesn't it? 
A first half horror. Caesars go one nil down. Fair play off an absolute wonder goal from their boy, wasn't it? Rifled into Kelleher's bottom right hand corner, their left hand corner. An absolute wonder strike. And to be honest, there's about two, maybe three with pass marks at that stage. It's pretty woeful across the board. Liverpool look pretty poor. However, you turn around to the second half and it just seems to stand. A goal one, goal down. Notch two or three. This time it's three. And it's the, it's the front three, isn't it? Nunes on the score sheet from the penalty spot as well. Fortuitous. No two ways about it, but you've got to stick them away. Diaz with a, a lovely team goal as Darwin holds it up and spins. Elliot plays a great pass for Gravenberch, who puts it on a plate for Diaz to fire in. I love that goal. And then Nunes tackle, but let's not take it away. A bit of Mo Salah magic in that regard. Now, normally we talk about who shone and who didn't in terms of who's played their way in. It's tough now. You all know this with sort of Thursday, Sunday in that regard. But in terms of who shone, well, most Salah always shines. So, you know, we, we tick that off. Some players didn't do too well. This is getting on my nerves, this online people. Oh, hammering, you're not right. Like, no, we need a bit of complex, you know, thinking on this. It's okay to say both things. Two things can be true at the same time. Endo did not have a good game. That's true. It's too early to judge him and say he's been in all that. That's true as well. He just didn't play that well. Maybe lucky to get to the hour. Like, you can't debate that, I'm afraid. It was not a good game. There's reasons behind that. But, and, and I get, and this is true, this is also true, 11 changes does not usually link to a flowing performance. All these things can be true. Context is everything, as we know. Elliot, better as the game goes on in that regard as well. Gravenberch, real promising performance. Yeah, we're, we're hoping it is just cramp, as Klopp said afterwards, but... So much to like in that way. The problem is it's Thursday, Sunday. So you may be looking at who doesn't start or who gets a few minutes off the bench, which we'll come to, to fire into the lineup. But there was a lot to like later on. There really was. Things to be worried about or not like. You're not going to keep getting away, people, with going behind. You're not. Four out of six, we've gone behind. And yes, the, the forwards or the attacking players turned it around. You are not going to keep getting away with it. We have to be clear on that. So it's something Liverpool need to, to look at and adjust quickly. And has anyone fought their way into the West Ham thinking, I'll come on to sort of the, the West Ham lineup, I think, later. But there's some key points I think shouldn't just be ignored because it's the Europa that will go into Jurgen Klopp's thinking. But let's see anyway. So West Ham threats, I mean... They're going good in the league, especially the opposite compared to last season. You know, some players are playing well, like Paqueta, side for any bank scandal, has been superb. Jared Bowen, we'll come on to Mikel Antonio shortly. But, the, you know, James Ward-Prowse can't stop scoring again like he did for them the other night in their Europa game as well. This is a difficult time. This is not an easy game by any means. So there's plenty of threats throughout there. Maybe the hope is, for update, anyone who's missed it, David Moyes has confirmed that Jared Bowen has a virus, so we'll have to wait and see, as he puts it. So let's hope he doesn't make the game. Paqueta played pretty much the whole game the other night in their Europa, so let's, fingers crossed, he doesn't start. If someone had told you, just be honest, 
you can play West Ham next. We're going to take Paqueta and Bowen out. You'd have been pretty chuffed. So let's hope that is the case because they do have threats, West Ham, Ward Prowse from set pieces, all those types of things. This does not lead itself to an easy game by any means. Mikel Antonio. Now, listen, that man has put a target on his back, as Neil Jones said. I think it's fair to say with his comments about how he thinks, you know, Liverpool, you know, West Ham are going to finish higher than Liverpool, as he said. Also talking about what are they playing for and Mo Salah's future. Don't be surprised if he comes in for a bit of the rough treatment. And there's one bit of me that says fair play, because we hammer players for not being genuine, not authentic, not saying what they think. But he does that pod with Callum Wilson, and yet at the same time he gets hammered. Which is it, people? Do you want the genuine? Do you want the insight? You know, you've got to be balanced on this. So players back themselves, maybe giving credit for that. But let's hope he gets absolutely rammed back down his throat come Sunday. And Clinton Morrison style in the uh, Carabao Cup or the Worthington Cup, as it was back then, he comes to regret it. But it will be interesting just to keep an eye on Mikel Antonio. Does he start? He was on the bench. So you'd suspect he starts, you know, how he's dealt with or not, as the case may be. So people, line up and predictions this way. Some things will be easy. Alisson and Robbo were back in. Oh, Trent. We saw him running before Lask. I don't know without Jürgen. It will go to the last minute. I just, I could be right or wrong on this naturally because there's only two ways, but I think he will play against West Ham, but if not, it's Gomez. But I just think he'll be ready. That That's my suspicion. Ibu and VBD complete that back line. They got that time against Lask. They want to give them minutes together. You can't really see any other five at all in that regard. Midfield, Jones got a, pretty much a complete rest, so he's there. You're not going to drop Zabozla, you're not going to drop McAllister. That is the three that's going to start because it was a completely different midfield against last. So it's those three, McAllister, Zabozla, Curtis. That's the smart money. That's what played Aston Villa. It's what will press like hell. The front three. I don't like what I'm going to say. But I'm going to say it. I think it's going to be Gakpo, Jota and Salah. And I don't like it, people. I don't like that combination. I love the players. I adore Mo Salah over anyone else. I love Gakpo and Jota. But to me, they're going to play. They didn't do a minute against last. He's going to see it as fresh. That was the side that played against Wolves. That Or the front three, sorry, that played against Wolves. It's one-paced. No one's bursting in behind so the defence doesn't drop. Gapo at times looked lost against Wolves. Jota, not too much better. Now, I know Gapo got the goal, and I'm hoping that kickstarts in. And by the way, I'm hoping both of these smash the words so far back down my throat. I'm choking on them beyond belief. But if it was me... At least one of Diaz and Nunes has got a start. I mean, Neil Jones said in his article, surely Nunes, how would you drop in? And like, Diaz the same. It, Salah, Nunes, Diaz, for me, is the front three. But for my money, I think it'll be Gakpo and Jota. And that doesn't denigrate them. That doesn't, you know, reduce their capacity or play them down. It's just sometimes people are informed. Sometimes you look at options. And I do think it will be Gakpo and Jota, but it would not be my choice which leads me to the final thing people predictions 
This is a tough one because it's easy just to go, oh, Liverpool are informed, they've won five on the spin, etc. All that, you know, positive momentum and get all that. West Ham have been in Europe and obviously adapted. Hopefully Bowen and Paqueta don't start. That would work for us. I think this is going to be a seriously tough game for the turnaround for Liverpool and everything. So I think we'll win it still, 2-1, but this will not be easy by any means. And I can't ever go against Mo Salah, especially, I mean, look at the man so far. Play, what, six games, he's got three goals and four assists. He's still a magician, still a brilliant goal the other night, so I'm never going to bet against him, ever. But this is going to be a tough game. It's not going to be easy as people expect. And as long as we get a win and no injuries, happy days all round. I suppose 11 men on the pitch, just for someone calls in about that as well. But... We shall see on Sunday, two o'clock, what that brings. And ladies and gents, that was a special post-conference presser for Anfield Index. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement, and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds, and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.